Chapter Two of Fairy Realm by Tom Hood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Noel Badrian. Little Red Riding Hood. By the side of a wood, a cottage once stood, where a little girl dwelt who wore a red hood. Her father of trees in the forest was cutter. And her mother sold poultry, milk, eggs, cream, and butter. The little red hood, it must be understood, belonged to a mantle as pretty and proper a cloak as e'er you set eyes on. In short, a red opera cloak. But operas ne'er that I am aware had been heard of by any one dwelling round there. Whereas every dame had a cloak bright as flame that she wore when out riding, which gave it its name, for then in those parts they'd no chaises, spring carts, gigs, or wagonettes such as farmers now starts. So Hodge, Reuben, or Giles went his eight or ten miles by the road or the bridle path, dodging the stiles on his nag, grey or brown, to the next market town. And were you to meet him, I'd bet you a crown you would certainly find him if your sight's not like mine, dim, a jogging along with the good wife behind him, perched up on the pillion of Dobbin or Dapple, with a cloak like a poppy and cheeks like an apple. A cloak with a hood that was really some good, for use, not for ornament, one that you could. That is, if you would draw over your face quite closely, in case the sun was too warm or the rain fell apace, a both ears protecting, eye shading, hair hiding hood, and that's why they called the child Little Red Riding Hood. By the side of the cot where Red Riding Hood dwelt was a garden surrounded by trees. The flowers were the sweetest that ever were smelt, and were greatly beloved by the bees, who led jolly lives in a couple of hives, well sheltered from shower and from breeze. Beyond the small garden, whose flowers were so sweet, bees wooed them through long summer days. The woodman had cleared a small patch for the wheat, that as each year came round he would raise to grind and to bake for bread and for cake. Simple wheat, not that wonder, amaze. Now the sun rises and the world awakes, for morning, like a careless servant, breaks, and from house, hut, and cot, hind, farmer, or what not, each villager his way to labour takes. Each stride he makes a thousand dewdrops shakes from off the fresh green grass they were besprinkling. And makes them wink and gleam and glance and blink, until the peasant, in great haste, you think, because he walks the whole way in a twinkling. Red Riding Hood's father has shouldered his axe and is off to the woods again, and the thwacks and the cracks as the timber he hacks, the echoing shades complain. But woe to the stem that his steel attacks, for its murmurs are all in vain. Red Riding Hood's mother has risen with day, as soon as the hens were awake, 
and down to the kitchen has taken her way from the hearth all the embers to rake and the butter and flour on the table to lay for she's bent upon making a cake but little red riding hood's slumbering yet she is terribly lazy i fear for little folks up in the morning should get as soon as the light becomes clear and not sleep away the best time of the day which is six or abouts as i hear when the cake's nice and brown the young lady comes down in her white apron and little blue gown has for breakfast a bowl of fresh milk from the cow and when she has finished her mother says now just slip on your cloak dear and quick as you can i want you to carry some things to your granny red riding hood's dressed and looking her best is only awaiting her mother's behest on the table is laid the cake that was made ere red riding hood opened her eyes i'm afraid and beside it a pot whose equal could not at fortnum and mason's be easily got for as every one tells me fine fragrant fresh honey is not always obtainable even for money there are very few treats in the matter of sweets like the honey one fresh from the honeycomb eats but fond as i am of a little fresh honey i can't watch the bees in the wandering sunny without a great risk of a painful disaster though i think it would trouble the famous bee master as his real name's a secret we'll say dr thingamy to explain to a fella qui tam amat viella how it is that the bees make an object to sting o me little red riding hood child of mine said the mother to her daughter through the forest of beeches and larches and pine and down by the pool of water and over the fields to your grandmother's cot with the griddle cakes and the honey pot go and tell her what you have brought her but mind what i say do not delay to chatter with folks or pick flowers on the way little red riding hood promised her mother she'd not stop on the road to do one or the other such allurements i am old enough now to withstand am so i'll carry the honey and cakes to my grandam and then you shall see how quick i can be good-bye dearest mother and off hurried she the fields with buttercups are gold the hedges white with may the woodbine's trumpets manifold are bright beside the way the foxglove rears its lofty spire where hang the purple bells in shady quiet nooks retire the modest pimpernels the poppy the green cornfield decks the meads are bright with cowslips she loiters on her way nor recks how rapidly time now slips she enters now a glade dappled with light and shade through which the path is to her grandam's maid and as she strolls along singing her careless song she meets a grim grey wolf she's not afraid because close by she hears her father ply his axe and knows he'd to the rescue fly if master wolf should any treason try and master wolf knows too it would not do although it's hard with such a meal in view 
and so most laudably he makes himself quite pleasant for the present albeit his stomach's crying cupboard audibly what a nice cloak of scarlet how pretty you are let me carry that cake or that very big jar let me carry it pray are you taking it far let me see you safe there said the wicked old varlet alas for little red riding hood that she should be naughty instead of good that she should let the old wolf flatter and allow him to walk by her side and talk when her mother so strictly forbade her to chatter what your name is my dear he said fain i'd be knowing i'm little red riding hood where are you going i am going to my granny's to carry this jar and this cake from my mother indeed is it far oh you go through the wood and a little beyond you'll see a small cottage that stands by a pond and your granny lives there yes but now she's so old she can't get out of bed and she suffers from cold poor dear said the wolf with a pitying grin but how does she do about letting you in when i reach granny's cottage i always take care to knock at the door till she calls out who's there your grandchild who brings you a bite and a sup from her mother say i and she's sure to reply if you pull at the bobbin the latch will fly up that's how i get in oh said the wolf in a hurry this lane is my way so i'll wish you good day and he vanished at once in a terrible scurry said red riding hood doesn't he seem in a flurry like a shot from a rifle or faster a trifle away goes the wolf and i'll wager my life he'll be up to some mischief or other ere long for his only delight is in doing what's wrong off through the wood he's up to no good hastening still bent upon ill round by the pond to the cottage beyond he's after some evil i'll give you my bond stealing along intending a wrong towards the grandam's abode by the skirts of the road by skirts i don't mean either muslin or calico he sneaks to what shakespeare has called Miching Maleko. Rap tap at the door. In the midst of a snore, the old lady woke up with a start and said, Law, Red Riding Hood's near knocked so loudly before. Oh, dearie me, it cannot be she. I'll pretend I'm still sleeping, and then we shall see. Rap tap. Once more she heard at the door. The wolf rapped so hard that his knuckles were sore the old woman sleeps like a top what a bore if she doesn't make haste my time i shall waste i shall miss that titbit who's so much to my taste rap tap tap rap she must wake from her nap or the child will be here before i can clear her foolish old grandmother up every scrap at last said the grandam I rather a hand am at sleeping, I know, very soundly, and so perhaps she has waited and knocked there so long, that in order to wake me her tap becomes strong. Who's there? then she cried. 
said the wolf from outside, disguising his voice the deception to hide, and whispering low with his mouth to a cranny, It's no one but Little Red Riding Hood, Granny. I've brought you some butter, some eggs and a cake that mother got up in the morning to make, and she sends you besides some nice cream in a cup. If you pull at the bobbin, the latch will fly up. Wolf pulled at the bobbin, and what a sad job in he went. But no sooner had thrust his grim knob in, but for rhyming, instead of knob I'd say head, than the frightened old lady sat bolt up in bed. But before she had time to exclaim, oh my gracious, she was bolted entire by the monster voracious, who, though the fierce pangs of his hunger were gratified, remarked to himself with a grumble dissatisfied, Tough skinny old folks are not nice things to little one. However, no matter, here goes for the little one. Then he turned down the bedclothes and quickly jumped in, and Granny's big nightcap tied under his chin, and he cuddled the clothes close up to his nose, and was speedily off in a very nice doze. For said he, For Red Riding Hood, if I'd have any respectable twist, I must first digest Granny. For though at one meal I could eat child, pa, and mamma, there's a good deal of picking somehow about grandmamma. Little Red Riding Hood loitered along, stopping to hear while the thrush sang his song, or list to the croft of the blackbird's clear whistle, or to follow the feathery down of the thistle, or blowing in flocks the seeds from the clocks of the bright dandelions, or searching the docks for the burrs whose chief trick is to catch and to stick to one's garments, no matter if thin ones or thick though it matters to you because they come through, supposing your clothes are the former and prick. Why, foolish butterfly, will you skip, flutter, fly, close by the child? You're an idiot, utter, fly. She puts down the honey and cake in a trice, and the latter's immediately stolen by the mice. But what does the latter at all to her matter? She's after that butterfly mad as a hatter. It's not clear to me why a hatter should be proverbially called a fit subject for de lunitico. So runs the writ inquirendo. But I fancy the hatter his harsh innuendo must in the first place to a humorous friend o, who fain in the sneer would his gratitude smother for a man who's invariably felt for another. Through pastures and meads, as the butterfly leads, Red Riding Hood follows, and little she heeds the orders and warnings her mother that morning had given her, or even her grandmother's needs. But when she comes back once again to the track, and finds the cake gone, she grows frightened. Alack, she cries, what a loss! Won't Granny be cross to breakfast off nothing? With honey for sauce? Just then a glittering dragonfly on gauzy pinion darted by. Oh, he was clad in burnished mail, his wings a fairy galley's sail, and he was twice as big, I ween, as the biggest butterfly she had seen. 
soon forgotten the honeys she's off with the runnies where the dragonfly glancing so bright in the sun is by ditches and hedges by rushes and sedges by ponds full of reeds and all sorts of weeds by pools that are stagnant and brooks full of water breaks she chases lebula eagerly well eula now there must be some awful punishment come when her mother's commands in this manner a daughter but conceive her concern when on her return she finds that an empty jar's all she can earn for the ants had discovered it placed in a sunny spot and cleared all the honey and left but the honey's pot said she lack a day what will grandmother say and shan't i get scolded for stopping to play i'd better get on without further delay resolution how vain again and again she loiters in meadow wood highway and lane strays into the coppice to pick the bright poppies or climbs up the hedge for the nest that atop is or else she emerges where widely diverges the forest's long avenues leafy green arches of beeches of ashes of elms and of larches which she lingers beneath to pick for a wreath a bright trail of ivy that some lofty stem on is or with bluebells her apron to fill or anemones or to watch the quaint habits and ways of the rabbits and the plans of the crows who as every one knows establish their scouts at certain lookouts to warn them of danger whenever they've doubts as touching these rooks natural history books declare that the thing to their greatest eclats the fact which would win them the warmest applause that nothing they do is ere done without cause but now she has passed through the forest and fast is approaching her grandmother's cottage at last what excuse can she make for the honey and cake at the thought of that scrape she's beginning to quake she creeps through the garden attempting to harden her heart and declare she don't care a brass farden but in spite of her trying she's very near crying and asking her granny to grant her a pardon the knock is so faint that the wolf's scarce aware that there's anyone knocking but cries out who's there red riding hood here on her speech broke a sob in come to see you said wolf if you pull at the bobbin the latch will fly up so she opened the door and tottered with terrified feet o'er the floor said wolf where's the cake mother promised to make please granny to-day she's not able to bake for love or for money then where is my honey what makes you expect any granny how funny said little red riding hood trying to smile although in a terrible fright all the while to send me no breakfast said wolf she was silly i'm feeling so hungry and faint i'm quite chilly as you've brought me no food you must warm me instead i'll take you in place of my breakfast in bed so take off your things and some help to your grand bee jump into bed just for once warming pan to be she takes off her clothes and into bed goes 
Old Wolf keeps the counterpane up to his nose, but the child sees with fear that, now she's so near, her grandmother's looking remarkably queer. She trembles with fright, and in sad perturbation commences the following brief conversation. Oh, Granny, I view your long years with surprise. There to hear all you say to the letter. Oh, Granny, how fierce and big are your eyes. There to see you all the better. Oh, Granny, your teeth are tremendous in size. There to eat you. And he ate her. End of Little Red Riding Hood